This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast. And welcome into another edition of the Bartholomew Town Podcast. I'm Bill Bartholomew. Always a pleasure to spend some time with you as we ramp things up heading into election season 2022. Today, I'm joined by Joy Fox, candidate in the second congressional district race that is jam-packed with Democratic candidates and, um, you know, the winner of that primary will likely face Alan Fung unless Bob Lancia pulls off the uh, the miracle of the century over there on the on the Republican side. But this is a key race, of course, along with the gubernatorial race, not to dismiss anything else. I mean, every race is, is valuable and, and critical to our democracy, right? But all eyes are really going to be focused on the congressional race along with the gubernatorial race. So as we move along here, we're into May. Happy May. Starting to feel good. Weather's starting to uh, ramp up. Beautiful weekend. Hopefully everyone had a chance to get outside in one way, shape, or form, especially Sunday. Man, what a beautiful day here in Rhode Island. Um, But as we move along, you're going to hear our bread and butter. You're going to hear more and more of the candidates for offices. You're going to hear more and more analysis, reporters' roundtables, other expertise, taking a look at election 2022, right? And of course, we've had plenty of candidates on already this year, but I just want to, you know, think we're getting to that point where we're going to start to ramp it up and, and the focus of the podcast will, we'll still have the other segments, but we're really going to dig into the election. So um, thanks to our sponsors, Pure Vita Labs and Commonwealth Care Alliance. If you want to get a hold of me, send me an email anytime, bill at ripodcast.com or tweet at me at Bill Bartholomew. I am seeing your messages, some awesome questions coming through, more so on the gubernatorial side, but I will be reading your emails out loud and asking candidates um, your questions as we move along as well. Again, that's bill at ripodcast.com. My guest today is a candidate for the Congressional District 2 seat, one of, I don't know, about 575 people running in the Democratic primary, but somebody who's certainly jumped out in recent times due to, well, a number of things, your campaign itself, but also a recent Boston Globe column. And that is Joy Fox. Joy, thanks so much for your time. Hey, thanks for having me here today, Bill. It's it's great to be with you. So, I mean, let's start with this, this Boston Globe column. We had scheduled this interview a couple of weeks ago for today. And then on Friday, Dan McGowan wrote that you have something different to bring to the table. Um, in a nutshell, what that means is that you're a longtime, lifelong resident of this district. And that is different than a lot of the candidates in this Democratic primary and and on a specific level, there's some candidates who it's questionable whether or not they even live in the district on any kind of full-time basis or have even a real intimate connection to it. So let's start right there. Just based on your your life experience alone, why are you in this race and what what does your connection to Rhode Island and the congressional district itself do to inform the message and, and the motivation behind your campaign? Well, I think you hit the nail right on the head there. Um, I am in this race because I believe I can make a difference for my family, my friends, my neighbors, colleagues, folks that I've known my entire life. I have a deep understanding of the challenges facing the people of the Rhode Island Second Congressional District, and I also believe that my my unique background and perspective um, make me a different choice um, in this campaign. Uh, again, I grew up in in Cranston. My parents still live in the house that that we all grew up in. I'm the oldest of five kids and an aunt to two nephews and a niece. Um, and I live in Warwick now. I um, uh, went to Rhode Island College. After Rhode Island College, I my first my first job was covering the community. 
Uh, I was the news editor at the Cranston Herald, did a little bit of reporting in Warwick as well, um, jumped over into Providence Business News and spent a short amount of time also at Channel 10 on the assignment desk. And those experiences um, from having grown up here and, and talking to family and friends all the time, but also being a part of the community and covering it. Um, gave me a very unique perspective to not only the challenges, but the triumphs. There's a lot of great stuff happening in the district too. Um, I mean, sure, there's a lot of work to do, but there's also so many tremendous things happening that that we need to put a spotlight on and draw attention to as well. Um, so that's just a little bit about why I feel I am uniquely qualified here and do present a different choice um, for the voters of the second district. What about your life in politics? What's that been like so far? Uh, you mean uh, in these last couple of months? Well, well, including so, these last couple of months, but just in yeah, general, I mean, what's your yeah. what's your connection to the political world? Yeah, it's funny. Um, so my connection to the political world is, you know, my parent goes back to my parents um, and just them instilling us, uh, instilling in us um, a sense of service and civic engagement. So um, we we were always taught to to know who our city council people were and our our mayors and congressmen, and and it's funny. Um, one of our over-the-fence backyard neighbors um, was really involved in Democratic city politics when Jack Reed was getting his start. And as a kid, I remember riding my bike around the block and um, the adults coming out of that house and and putting a bunch of door hangers in my bike basket and saying, you know, <laughs> don't come home until these are gone and, and there's an ice cream in it for you. Um, I can't tell you, you know, what happened to those door hangers, but I I, I promise I probably got the ice cream in the end. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, it started that early for me and understanding that government can make a difference in people's lives, especially if they understand how it works. And um, you're taking the time to to talk about it with folks and meet with folks. Um, fast forward about what 20 years, 30 years from there. Um, my first job uh, in state service was actually for the Rhode Island Department of Corrections. And then from there, uh, spent five years, five or so years working for Congressman Jim Langevin, uh, which was a tremendous honor to get to serve um, along with and work for your hometown congressman. There's it, it, it was a tremendous honor. Um, my time with him was marked. Um, by the passage of the Affordable Care Act. That was my first big, huge taste of what it's like to work on um, important, critical pieces of legislation, not only in Washington, D.C., but bringing it back home um, and listening to all sides and stakeholders to try and and put forward the best bill, not only for Rhode Islanders, but for um, increasing access and affordability um, for everyone needing health care across the country. Uh, And then I did work for Dina Raimondo, both when she was in in Treasury and in the governor's office. I ran her transition into the governor's office. Um, And as as you and and your listeners know, um, she did she she knew she had a short amount of time and did a lot of a lot of things from infrastructure, economic development, education, uh, you name it. Um, She really did push a lot of things forward. And I was in the room. Um, for when those things happen. I, 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 I don't know who said it first, me or Hamilton at this point, but <laughs> I've been in the room where it happens. Um, and since leaving government service, I run a small communications firm here in Rhode Island. So have that small business experience as well. There's a lot in there. And certainly the experiences themselves are a lot to, you know, just in terms of a resume, but also in shaping your perspective of how, you know, for lack of a better term, how the sausage is made, if, if that makes sense. So I, I guess 
looking at the state of affairs right now, and we can certainly get into specifics, but as the Democratic primary plays out and candidates sort of juxtapose themselves against each other, there's really no question that one major criteria, if not for some people, perhaps the most serious piece of of information would be a matchup against likely Alan Fung in in the fall in November. And look, the the, the National Democratic Party or or the the National Congressional uh, Caucus and, and and the Democratic and Republican side are making arguments that this this election could see a shift in in Rhode Island to re, to return to having a Republican represent Congressional District Two. Why are you the best candidate to match up? Let's let's just say it's going to happen against Alan Fung in November. Yeah, um, I appreciate. It. Yes, let's say it's going to happen, Bill. That's 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 what we're planning on here, and that's what we're <laughs> working really hard for. <laughs> Um, look, you know, I think it goes back to the same thing. I understand, um, I understand deeply, um, the challenges facing this district. And, um, I think it's also time to bring people together for common purpose. Uh, I'm not sure, um, he or his party represents that. I think people, you know, if I had to sum up every conversation that I've had in the last couple of months, people are tired because they, and they just say, you know, Joy, how do we make things work? And could you just, you know, knock it off? And um, I just realized I channeled my other, my former boss exactly. over the knock it yeah. off. <laughs> but um, they just want things to work and they want things to move forward. And that is my, has been my approach across um, both government and running a business. You know, sit down, make a plan, come together, listen to all sides. This isn't about division. Um, this is about making positive change and moving beyond the last couple of years, which have just taken a toll on all of us in so many ways. And I think that message um, will resonate with people. Um, I know how to get things done and I know how to bring all sides around a table and have those conversations. Where, where do you stand on, well, I guess let's get into a couple of, of, of key issues here. Where do you stand in terms of you know, the, the priorities of the Congress going forward for the next two years? Where do you, where do you see the biggest challenges? I mean, we see a, a, a crisis potentially brewing around inflation. There's certainly a housing crisis. And that's a bifocal conversation because there's obviously a major housing shortage and, and rent and purchasing is very expensive. But there's also probably a looming bubble for people who have purchased in the last few years when if if prices do reset. What's, what's the major challenge right now in your mind in terms of, I guess, let's start with economics. Yeah. And that's the thing with, with um, Congress, right? Everything to me um, all of these issues that you just mentioned are, are interconnected. You can't tackle one without the other. So let's start with that. That that as my main um, focal point. There, they're putting things into silos now, and um, just doesn't work. So I do believe that this economy will be in transition for a very long time. And what are we doing to make sure that Rhode Island families, Rhode Islanders, um, and I mean all of us. Um, are positioned to to have the opportunities um, that that I had growing up, and um, to make sure that that my nieces, my my nephews and niece can can stay here and live and raise a family. I know we were just talking the other day, Bill, about how how people have left Rhode Island um, yep. for opportunity and for costs and for everything that you just talked about. So again, I think it all roads lead back to the economy. I think we need a comprehensive paid leave policy. Um, and to support folks who, who need it when they need to take time out of the workforce, that they don't get penalized for that. 
I think that we need to look at our our tax tax system and make it a more progressive tax rate. I, I have no problem having billionaires and millionaires pay pay more. Um, some people say their fair share. I, I'd like to go a little bit beyond that. Um, and I think then we also need to look at housing um, and uh, all of the other and workforce development. I think we need to continue to to improve our apprenticeship programs, workforce development programs. Again, keeping an eye on the fact that this economy will be in transition. Are we making sure people have the right skills to be able to tackle the economy of the future? And all of this um, goes back to, I think, moving beyond, beyond the pandemic, um, realizing that that shift will continue. And then, you know, attached to that is, is our healthcare system, you know, making it more affordable and accessible, but also taking a look at the care that happens outside of the traditional system, outside of the hospitals. That's food insecurity. That again, goes back to housing. Um, we need more community mental health supports, not only for adults, but for kids. All of these things come together. Um, and if we can figure out a way to comprehensively attack them, um, I think all Rhode Islanders will be better for it. Um, so lots of, lots of things to tackle. Yeah, there's no question that it's on people's minds at, in in all sectors right now, economics, and it it probably will serve as the driving force and in in this coming election at all levels. Other major issues right now, I suppose, would be and you know the labels are 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 always tough to use. Hey, are you progressive? Do you consider yourself a moderate? You know, where do you fit in in terms of that spectrum? But issues like the Green New Deal is that something you're in favor of? I think we do need comprehensive climate reform. I think we're behind the eight ball. Um, I think we're behind the eight ball in terms of transitioning in an equitable way, transitioning our economy in an equitable way. And I think we're behind the eight ball when it comes to a matter of our health, again, both inside the traditional system of hospitals and doctor's offices, but also um, looking at clean water, clean air, um, our, our housing stock, um, you know, especially in New England, it's aging. There's more we need to do to bring that up to code. Um, and I also think it's funny, you know, when, when I think about um, the economy and the transition that I was talking about earlier, you know, 20 years ago, you, it was kind of novel to have an IT person on staff. I think our economy is shifting to a point where we're probably going to need climate people who understand resiliency and risk on teams as well from not only the business side, but also the nonprofit side and our community leaders really taking it taking it seriously. I was talking to someone the other day. Um, I think it's the city of Miami that, that has a chief heat officer now yeah, yeah. for how to combat, you know, the rising, the rising temperatures. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, we can't work fast enough to move, to move forward on uh, a full court press on everything related to climate. Do you see yourself as going into Congress with a, an aggressive uh, mindset as, as in, Hey, we need to make serious changes. Things a lot of people in my district are struggling in one way, shape, or form. I'm willing to put my political career on the line to be that, you know, more aggressive personality. Or do you see it as, hey, look, you've got to get there and and sort of find your footing and and work within the institutions to make changes over the long term? That's an interesting question, um, and I go uh, for a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. We have really pressing issues, um, and I will be—I'll be a fighter for Rhode Island families. You know, they—that's they, what they expect from us, um, and that's what we need to do. 
and especially around those economic issues that I talked about from um, paid leave in particular, and how can we support working Rhode Islanders um, to, to have the opportunity that they need to, to live and work here. Um, but I also, you know, this is where my experience comes in. I have been in those rooms. I know how it works. I know how to get things done. Sometimes you don't need to be the loudest voice, but I'm also not shying away from being the loudest voice because to me, at the end of the day, it's about results and how are we going to achieve those results? Um, so I think it's a little bit of everything. And um, it's not lost on me that I would be the junior member of this delegation. Uh, and there is a lot of wisdom there. Um, and uh, we, I think Rhode Island uh, punches above its weight when it comes to taking having a national profile, but also making sure that those funding streams continue coming back into the state. Um, and I look forward to rolling, rolling up my sleeves next to, next to them as well. Have you had a chance to talk to any or all of the four members of our congressional delegation about your race? I have, and, yeah. yeah, no, I've talked to, well, I've talked to many, many people, including, including them. Yeah, no, it's, it's, this has been a tremendous experience, um, for not only talking to, to old friends, but, but meeting new ones as well, like you, Bill, <laughs> uh, and having these conversations, because that's that's the plan here is to have as many conversations as I can in the coming weeks and months. Rhode Island and national politics, media, arts and newsmakers. Bartholomew Town with Bill Bartholomew, Saturdays at 3 p.m. on News Talk 99.7 FM and AM 630 WPRO. Now back to B-Town. Why is it important if it is important? And, and I think it certainly is. But why would why why it, would it be important for a woman to be in this position? Um, I think, again, it goes to a different perspective and having a unique, unique set of qualifications and just coming in with with a different a different angle on things. I mean, the data shows the more diversity you have around the table, the better decision making becomes. And that only benefits Rhode Islanders. I would be tremendously honored to be the first Democratic woman to represent Rhode Island in Congress. Um, uh, it would just be a, a tremendous, tremendous honor um, to earn that support from, from the voters. Um, but I'm also more focused on, you know, how do I take my lived experience um, and put it to good work and use and listening to, to everyone here in Rhode Island and, and bringing and their thoughts and perspectives down to D.C.? There's there's a moment right now in Rhode Island that is 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 pretty interesting. We have Providence with the Superman building and Kennedy Plaza, the 195 land, sort of in transition. In Newport, there's really the, the major housing crisis and, and and an Airbnb crisis that's sort of being dialed in. We see changes around the state. Rhode Island became a bit of a hub for folks during the pandemic from New York or Boston or really wherever to move and, and, and have a remote environment that was a little bit more appealing, perhaps more affordable. That's good and bad because it, we see with the Pawtucket, trains, Pawtucket Central Falls train station, how that could lead to gentrification. So from a national standpoint, looking at Rhode Island, how do you balance Rhode Island as a driver of the blue economy, as a you know, as a hub for people who are in tech and other sectors that that want to work remotely or work on a hybrid basis in New York, Boston, DC, wherever. But at the same time, as we're building this quote unquote new Rhode Island, what can you do as a congressperson to ensure that the old Rhode Island doesn't get left behind or or potentially destroyed as this moment continues to unfold? 
I think it goes back to everything that we've just touched on. This economy is in transition. And what are we doing for um, lifelong Rhode Islanders like myself, like you, um, to make sure that they have access to the opportunities um, that can help them take advantage of, of that economic shift in a good way? Um, and I do think it comes, it starts with our, our, our littlest learners, things like universal pre-K, um, but it also starts with making sure those families are supported with affordable childcare. Again, it goes back to paid leave um, and making sure that our Pell Grants are remaining competitive. It's supporting um, our, our college system, our public education system in the state in particular as a graduate of Rhode Island College. Um, I'm lucky. I actually, between scholarships, um, a string of part-time jobs, and an affordable tuition was able to graduate without debt. I know I am not, I am not your usual suspect when it comes to that. And um, that's not right because everyone deserves to have that opportunity. Um, and then straight on up after college, you know, again, those apprenticeship programs, those workforce development programs. I think another part of this office that we haven't touched on yet is constituent services. Um, it's, it's the least glamorous part of this job, I think, but um, could be value, invaluable to Rhode Islanders in terms of bringing Congress into the community so that everyone knows what these offices do and access and have access to those resources and understanding um, and support navigating the benefits that are available to everyone, whether you're a small business person or a veteran or someone needing help navigating, you know, SNAP benefits or something. There's more for this office to do to connect people across Rhode Island to, quite frankly, money that we've already already fought for and already won, and it's there for, for use. And we know um, that those programs in particular, they don't go, you know, the they don't go into savings accounts. They go right back into our economy. Um, and what are we doing to make sure to make those connections for people? I also think, again, with our aging housing stock um, and the housing trust fund, making sure that that has um, that that is funded adequately so that we can rebuild retrofit um, housing here as well for for affordable housing for um, for all sorts of, of families in Rhode Island. This is kind of an odd question, and it sort of touches on what you. Thanks for the preface. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hello. Oh, the Zoom call just disconnected. What do you know? <laughs> sure. I'll take yeah. an odd question. Odd question for 100, Alex. Here it comes. <laughs> Everyone's unique. Our state is extremely diverse in so many different ways from, from north to south, from east to west, from Black Island to Boroughville, Narragansett to Nasonville. It's, it's, it's unique. But how would you describe the average Rhode Islander in Congressional District 2? What are they looking for? What do they want? What do they need in an ambassador? How can you collectively represent that person? Um, that's a good question. It's funny. It reminds me of a conversation I had many years ago with a reporter where um, they said it was election season and he wanted to get out into the community. And he said, you know, Joy, where, where should I go? You know, where can I find that Democrat and that Republican, you know, in your neighborhood? And I said, you know, gosh, I, you know what you're going to find are people who just want things to work. Hmm. And he didn't believe me. And he went out into the community and I saw him the next time I saw him, he says, you know what? I went to that barbershop. I went to that coffee shop. I went to the places you told me to. And you're right. 
it wasn't about politics. It was about, I just am trying to find the best person to represent me to get the job done. And um, I think my lived experience from all the places that you just mentioned, from uh, I'll try and do you one better from like Westerly to Situate to, yeah, there you go. <laughs> to back down to South Kingstown. Um, it's, it's, it's a matter of listening, taking all that into account and then having that understanding of where people are coming from. Cause I've been there. My family has been there, my friends, my neighbors. Um, I was, uh, I've, I've been out in the community just, just today, in fact, um, and every person to a T was talking about education. And, you know, when you walk into a new room like that and talking to people, you never know what's going to come up, but today it's like, gosh, upon reflection, how do we make it work? And the it today was education. Yeah. So it's out there. And, in, and in, so I think it's my experience, just understanding and knowing, um, the people here so well. Last question here um, as we wrap up Joy Fox running for Congress in Congressional District 2. When you're in Washington and, you know, you just kind of, uh, you know, you're at a restaurant or whatever scenario and, and someone says, hey, you know, Rhode Island is that that's part of New York, right? That's that that's that's that like peninsula that's attached to New York City. And, you know, and then you correct them and then they said, well, tell me what's what's the best part of what's the best thing about Rhode Island? What do you tell them? Mm, everything. That's a really, that's the hardest question you've asked, Bill, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I hope it's coming. I absolutely love where I live. Um, it's everything from, from our gorgeous coastline to our restaurants to, to community leaders who just understand and make the fabric of our community stronger. It's, there is no better place to live. I, I truly believe. And it's funny, usually when I have those conversations, because Rhode Island, I believe, is the center of the universe. Yep. Um, within 10 seconds, we have made connections and, um, it's like how many degrees of separation it's, it's funny once, once people focus on, yes, it's not part of something else that it is its own place. Um, people there's, there's an affection out there. Um, and I think that that is what helps us, um, be successful when we are, we're up against the bigger States, especially advocating for things in Washington. Um, so so I tell them uh, just about everything is great about Rhode Island. So come on up. <laughs> Joy Fox running for Congressional District 2 in the Democratic primary. And uh, look, it's election season. Things ramping up. I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll be talking again soon. I'd love that, Bill. Thanks a lot for your time. Right. Rhode Island's podcast of record, B-Town.